Loving Father in heaven, we're so grateful for your presence here with us. We pray that you would bless the testimonies, bless the individuals who share from their heart today, and bless all of our hearts and ears as we listen to the way in which your spirit has been working on behalf of men, women, boys, and girls for the plan of salvation. We pray, Lord, that when it's all said and done, it will encourage us to greater efforts in our own lives to win souls for you. So bless us to this end, bless our program, and bless each person involved, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, thank you once more for being with us. I'd just like to make one brief announcement for anyone who was part of the Emanuel Institute uh, program this week during camp meeting. There are some seats here in the front, over to my left, your right. Find your way over there, because that's where we're going to have you seated, and uh, you'll be part of the program later. But right now, you can see there's some distinguished gentlemen coming on the platform right now, and ladies, and we are going to turn the time over to our publishing director and MAGA book leader and conf well, are we going to turn it over to him or to him? <laughs> These distinguished gentlemen are going to take it from here. God bless you. All right, I don't know about the distinguished part, but I'll tell you the young people that I have behind me are distinguished in the fact that they committed a real summer to share their faith and to spread God's message and to help to hasten the coming of Jesus. And I cannot tell you how absolutely proud I am of these young people. They're going to spend 10 weeks. They're getting some of the best training in the world. And our LE director, Camille Metz, and uh, his associates, they have really put together a very, very strong program. This is the largest group I have ever seen. This is 100 young people. 100, and we are praising the Lord and think they're in four locations. Now, I want to tell you that um, we also have with us somebody that you haven't seen very much of. We loaned him a few years ago to Weimar College, uh, and that is Chad Bernard. He's to my right. I told him he was on loan, and uh, we did call him back, and he's here. We're glad to have him back in Michigan. It's good to be back. Yeah, amen. Um, we have a marvelous program with our um, Pathfinders and Adventures. Uh, Craig Harris does a great job with that. And then Ken Mitchiff oversees the, the Camp Asable program and all of that as our youth director. And he and I have often talked, says we just have a missing part here. And so the Lord helped us to work this out financially. And we've invited Chad Bernard to come and to oversee our young adult. We want to see our churches come alive with our young adults. So we've given him a pretty heavy-duty job to write a new curriculum, a new program, and to do the training. And uh, we wanted him up here with these young people right behind him because they're just part of his umbrella that he's very, very interested in. So I want to come and uh, say to Camille and to Chad, uh, talk to us about what we've got going on here behind us. I think we're going to hear some pretty good things. Well, I, I'm just excited. I, I, you guys, I mean, I just, I just I <laughs> praise the Lord. I mean, really, could you think of a better way to spend your summer? I mean, 
eternal ramifications. She says, no, yeah, right here. You're not walking in a 100-degree heat, but yeah, yeah. No, but I'm <laughs> No, but seriously, eternal ramifications. Praise God. We praise God for you young people because you make me, the old guy, I, I, I get feel younger around you. Your energy, uh, I'm not trying to sound all, you know, Eastern, but you know what I mean. Like, it, it's, it's infectious. So praise God. We, we are so passionate here in the Michigan Conference about our young people. And, and we believe, again, the greatest thing that you could ever do is win a soul to Christ. And what you're doing is so vitally important. Um, our foundation has been built on literature evangelism and, and making that door-to-door contact and making that touch. I'm sorry, camera, from, that's terrible what I did to you, but uh, this, this is really amazing. And, you know, Camille, like, you got 100 kids. Like, what's going on? Like, who's, who's in charge here? <laughs> I mean, you know, you, know, you know, this is really how the youth ministry started. It was young people yeah. leading other young people. And that's what we got. We got these four right here. Can you raise your hands? They're actually in charge of those four different locations. Now, David, can you raise your hand? David and I kind of mentor them, but they're really in charge of those four locations. And they're leading other leaders. Can you raise your hands? Okay, those leaders right there, uh, 12 of them or so. And, uh, and then we have the rest of the young people. So it's a youth-led youth ministry. Ah, I, now, if I've, I don't want to jump ahead of you, so like, just tell me to be quiet. But like, where are you, where, where are you guys at? What, what are you doing? Where, where are you going? And, and, I mean, tell me, tell me how this all so we works. Have, we have four locations, Grand Rapids, Lansing, Detroit, and Saginaw. And we're just getting started. We're just learning how to do this. But already this far, in three weeks, we have distributed over around $120,000 worth of books. Wow. In just the first three weeks. Wow. Now, last summer, we distributed 50,000 books. And this year, we're praying for 65,000. Now, are these all seasoned veterans, like the years of training? Nope, or nope. are you all just, how does that work? I mean, yeah, you have somebody just going from ground zero, just, just from nothing into putting out great controversies oh. in other books. How many of you, just raise your hands, how many of you just said, hey, I want to try this out, I'm willing I don't really know what I'm doing. If you don't mind reading, how many of you are like that? Wow. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That is, that is awesome. Really amazing. But I, I want to tell you, actually, each of these four young people right here have powerful testimony. Yeah. Okay. Stephanie, here. just a few years ago, here, take uh, I'm not going to interview her, but just four, a few years ago, she was in the world that her aunt got a book from one of the student literature evangelists. It gave her peace about the storm. She read it and she saw this love of God there. She went to the local church and they had a revival meeting going on. And while she was sitting there, she prayed, God, let this preacher make an appeal for baptism because I'm ready. He did and she was baptized. I mean, you have Andrew. Andrew, just three years ago, he was a student in our program, but he was still kind of wrestling with the idea of being, becoming a Christian, right? And at night, he would still put earrings in his ears because he, he just hated the idea that his ear, the hole would be filled. And finally, he just said, Lord, I'll let you take over. Right? He is one of the leaders now, one of the heads, doing an amazing job. Then you have Chris. You know, Chris uh, in July will be holding evangelistic meetings, just, just passion for evangelism. 
now, Daniela, when she was 16, she went to Mission College. She went to do evangelism. She spent many years doing Bible work. We have amazing young leaders here leading other young leaders and other young people. You, you know, I think that there, there's somewhat of a myth that, you know, there's really not a whole lot for me to do because I'm a teenager. The world just thinks I'm basically clueless and I'll grow out of my cluelessness. This tells me that's not true. You know what I mean? Like, there's opportunity. Young people, if, if you're interested in making a, an eternal difference for Jesus, you should talk to these people. Yeah. Amen? I mean, this is solid. That is so true. That is so Amen. true. Just on Wednesday, and we'll begin testimonies, so you guys can listen from our young people. But just on Wednesday, I was working with the leader, spent the day with him, and I was with the young people, and Cheyenne comes to, to the car, and she brings us a water bottle. i like, what, what happened here? She says, well, she was at the door alone. And the man gave her two water bottles. Says, this is for you. This is for your friend. You see, we don't see our friends. But sometimes people do. It just reminds us that angels are working with us. But, okay, hold Andrew, on, hold on. Sometimes I'm slow. She was at the door by herself. By herself. And some dude went into his house, came back, and gave her two water bottles, two water bottles. for someone that she didn't see. That's right. Yep, yep. That was you? Wow. Praise you the know, Lord. You know, the same day God used her, and I want Andrew to kind of tell us really what happened there. Well, this is a different story here. Uh, this is Cheyenne. She's a student at Glaw, Great Lakes Adventist Academy. She's 15 years old. And this past Wednesday, she had an experience in the city of Southfield, Michigan, not too far from here. So five years ago, uh, a canvasser had knocked on a lady's house named Margaret, and uh, she presented some books to her, and this lady got the peace above the storm, which is Sepsic Christ. Now this lady read this book, and she was so moved that she thought she needs to get more copies of this book and give it to her children, and give it to her children. And she had been praying for five years that she would find it, but she couldn't find it. So what happened, Cheyenne? So I went up to the door and before I knocked, um, I was about to knock and the lady like opened the door and she's like, I've been waiting for you. And she's like, and she's like, um, I've been praying that someone would come to my door so I can get more books. So I'm like, what book do you want? She's like, I want the peace book. So I'm like, peace above the storm? She's like, yeah. So she got two copies, one for her and one for her son. Amen. So as you can see, there are people that, that are in the cities of Michigan specifically praying for Spirit of Prophecy books, and God sends canvassers, even for, the, for their first time canvassing, to answer those prayers. So in the Grand Rapids area, we've also been praying for uh, you know, divine appointments and specifically Bible study <laughs> contacts. And so uh, Miranda has an experience with a person who we know that God is trying to reach out to this person because he's had a previous encounter with our local, ch with the church. Yeah, so I was canvassing a man who at the beginning didn't really seem interested in what I was doing, but um, throughout my canvas, I was just like talking to him and praying, praying that he would accept the books that I had. And he ended up getting three message books, which was super awesome. Um, but the powerful thing about this man wasn't that he got the books, which was powerful, but it was also that he had before previously studied with the Adventist and he knew the Adventist truths, but he just didn't really um, fully understand the message that we have. And so the Lord answered my prayers and he softened his heart and he 
just um, allowed me to introduce him to the It Is Written and the Landmarks, um, Landmarks Prophecy Bible Studies. And so he actually ended up signing up for them, which was such a blessing. And also, um, yeah, I just like prayed with him, and he just opened up his heart to me, and it was such a blessing knowing that uh, the Lord can work in powerful ways in people's lives when we l rely on him. Amen. Amen. We know that there's a lot of people looking wistfully to heaven for answers uh, on the scriptures. And I believe that God is tugging at this man's heart and he's not willing to give up on him and like many others. So we're thankful for this experience that now he's going to learn the truth again. And then we have Grace right here. Um, she has, this is what we pray that our students will have close connections with God, you know, that God will speak to them. And I believe that each and every one of you are praying for our young people and God is answering those prayers. So one day I was walking and as I was headed up to the next house, I was on the top of a hill and I looked down and saw a lady walking across the road at the bottom of the hill and a small impression came to me, go speak with her. And I thought, oh, it's the end of the day, I'm tired. I don't feel like walking down to walk all the way back up. Every step counts. But the impression came again, go and speak with her. So I went down and I started showing her the health books and the children's books and she got so excited and said, let's go, let's go to my house so we can look at them more closely. And on the way she said, oh, I've got to stop at my neighbor's house and show them uh, these books. So she showed them the books and said, these are just such wonderful books and started giving a canvas as if she had known about these books for I don't know how long and said, I'm going to get all these books and I'm gonna share them with you and your children. And so we kept going and we got to her house and she picked the five that she was most interested in. And as we were talking, she was sharing about how she was involved with a prayer ministry in the community and how she loved sharing her books with her neighbors. And she said, you know, typically everyone's really hard against Jehovah's Witnesses and um, other people who come to our doors, but there's something different about you. And this is why I'm gonna get these books. And even if my husband says no, which he probably will, I'm going to get them anyway. And so she went, <laughs> she went in and got the money and came back out. But something I really learned from that was I'm so glad I listened to God because it's such a privilege such a tiny part of the whole scheme of things, but God's Spirit was working on that woman's heart long before I was there, and I believe uh, long after. But even, even in a hard-to-reach community, even if just one person is willing, God can use people like me to reach just one other person who's willing to do great things in the inside. Wow, that's powerful. Our group has been in Saginaw, and as well as in Flint, Bay City, and we're going to be going to Midland here soon, um, some of the surrounding towns. And uh, Pedro had a really cool experience in, in Saginaw. I want you to tell us about that. Yes, I, I met this lady. I was sharing her uh, some message books with her. Uh, she uh, was interested in the books, but she started opening her up about her uh, personal situation that she was going through. So she was interested in the health materials, um, but she couldn't because she said that she was, she was saving up for something? Yes, she's actually, she was actually saving up for an operation. She had breast cancer, and she was saving up her funds for her operation. Wow. That must have been tough. So what did, what did you do after that? 
I actually took the health books away from her hand, and I took the book, uh, A Peace of the Storm, which is Steps to Christ, and I started sharing her the book, Steps to Christ. I, I told her, this book helps you find freedom from worry, guilt, and fear, and she started to cry. Wow. Wow. Did she mention why she started, she started crying? She did. She said, you know, uh, before you coming to my door, I, had, I, I, was, I was praying to God. I was asking God, I am worried about my operation. I don't know what to do. I need you to help me find peace in my life. Wow, that's powerful. And she said that right after she got done praying, literally when she said amen, you knocked on her door. Yes, and she said, you know, you were sent by God. God answered my prayer immediately. And, you know, it, it, it really humbled me. And she said, you know, God really sent you here. And it's amazing how if we just do our part in sharing the gospel, God will lead us to the right individual. Wow, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Another testimony in Saginaw, uh, Dina actually met. <clears throat> we had another testimony in Saginaw where Dina actually met a woman named Tammy. Tell us about that. Yeah, so the first door that day that I knocked on, this lady came out. Her name was Tammy, and I started showing her the prophecy books, the health books, the kids set, and she was interested in everything, so she got everything. Yes. Wow, praise the Lord. Prophecy, kids' books, devotional, she got it all. Yes, and um, before I was leaving, I asked, do you have any prayer requests? Can I pray with you? And she's like, oh, I'm about to start crying right now. Like, this morning, I was out on my porch praying to God for a sign, and then you just show up and, like, show me all these books, and, like, God is like, whoa, <laughs> so amazing. So you, yeah. she was literally praying for a sign, and then she said that you come, and, and with the books that you had, it was an answer to her prayer? Yes. Yeah, and uh, she actually decided to sign up for personal Bible studies afterwards. Wow. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yes. Friends, as we just make ourselves willing, we'll find that oftentimes we'll be answered to people's prayers as well out there. So we're a Lansing team, and... Um, we carry many books, but we also carry a few DVDs for our non-readers. And one of the DVDs that we carry is called Theodicy. You might have heard of it before, but it basically looks at the origin of evil and it specifically answers the question, you know, if there is a God, why is there so much pain and suffering? And so Olivia had an experience. She met one of these women in the field who wasn't really a big reader, so she showed that DVD, and she's going to tell us what happened. So I handed the DVD to the lady at the door. She took it in her hands, and I started sharing with her how it gives satisfying answers to the question, if God is good, why is there pain and suffering? And she started reading the back of the DVD, and then she looked up at me, and she said quietly, you know, for the past few weeks, every time that I pray at night, this question has been in my mind. If God is good, if God is love, why is there sin, and how can he tolerate such evil? So I, I really thought about that, and then I showed her the great controversy. And she said, you know, this world is becoming such an evil place. I don't know how much longer it can last. I don't know how much longer the, this world can become more and more evil before it just collapses. And I don't know how much more bad it can get. And I, share, I was able to share with her some Bible verses that we had just read in worship that morning from Matthew 24. And I praise the Lord that I was able to leave the Theodicy DVD with her and pray that she and her family would be ready for Jesus' soon return. Amen. You know, every day before we go out, we always pray that God will lead us to people that we can encourage and that we would find uh, the right book for the right person to meet their needs. And so Jennifer is going to have one more story for us, kind of 
showing a lot of these things again, how she showed the perfect book to the person at the right time. So Lady was on her phone, so I just waited in the shade till she was done and sat with her and gave her a book called Habits That Heal and shared how it reversed things like, you know, diabetes, heart disease, and cancer. And she said, this is perfect. I have cancer. And so she's like, I need this book. So she's about to go get um, a donation to get it. And I'm like, wait, there's more. So I showed her the message books that we had. She's like, no way. Just last week, I told my friend I wanted to get to know God better. I needed to get to know God better. And she brought me a whole box of devotionals. I looked through every single one, but I knew none of them were the ones that God wanted me to read to get to know him better. And so I sent them all back with her, and now, and now she sits and looks through these books for five minutes that I have, and she says, these are the books God wants me to read to get to know him. These are the books. And um, she also mentioned she had kids, so I shared with her the kids' books that we had. She says, I want these books because I don't want my kids to have to wait for as long as I have to get to know their Savior. And so she went inside. Even her little daughter even emptied her piggy bank to help her mom get these books. And they both, so they both got these books together, around seven books, and were so excited to get them. And as I was leaving, I heard her daughter ask her mom, Mom, was that an angel? And her mom said, I don't know, but she was sent from God. Amen. I know I'm going to sound like a broken record, but the greatest thing you can do on this planet is witness for Christ and, and bring them to the Lord. Winning souls is where it's at. Period. So we just want to encourage, specifically, I, just, I want to focus on the youth. All of the youth that are here this, this afternoon, you know people. They're neighbors, a friend, might be social media. Be bold. Talk to them about the Lord. They're, I mean, people, there's a hole in our heart that can only be filled by God. They're going to listen. God's word will not return to him void. So I'm just encouraging you to be bold. In your local churches, don't be afraid to be bold for Christ. That person in the, in the Sabbath school classroom that doesn't seem to be paying attention will pay attention. So be bold for that. If you're looking for a program, if you're looking for a summer opportunity, talk to Brother Camille here. Talk to these people. See if this is for you because this is, they're doing things that have eternal consequences. And I know that all of heaven is excited when God's people come together and are about his work. Well, we can't hear from every one of the 100 but there's at least a hundred angels here with them that's working. And um, they, they're going to make a difference for eternity, make a difference in their own lives and for the kingdom of God. So how many of you would be willing to, on a regular basis, remember these 100 young people? Would you look at that? Put them up high. I want the young people to be able to see that. So you tell the Lord when you run into a hot day and looks like you run into yeah. a difficult time. Yeah. You tell the Lord about all those hands you saw at camp meeting and that people are praying for you. Amen. People are praying for you. Amen. So I want to finish this part at least with prayer. Could you just bow your heads with me wherever you're at? Our Heavenly Father, these are your young people. They're our young people. Amen. And we love them. 
And we want to thank you for the angels that go with them moment by moment. I plead the blood of Christ for them. I plead, Heavenly Father, the forgiveness of their sins. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you will empower them with the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit will go ahead of them, the Holy Spirit will go behind them. Heavenly Father, last year, this team for the summer of last year was able to put 50,000 truth-filled books into people's homes. This year, we would like to see 70,000. Not for our glory. We want to get the message out, but we need divine power to do that. Let the young people see an exhibition of your almighty power this summer, the likes of which they have never, ever seen before. Let every one of them go home and say, I came face to face with the Lord himself this summer. I may not have actually seen his face, but he was with me. Give every one of them experiences that they will never forget. Grow them. Grow them spiritually. Grow them with their talents and gifts and use them for the glory of your name and rebuke the devil and his evil angels who will try to oppose them. We give you the praise and the honor and the glory and the thanksgiving for what you are going to do with this 100 of our young people and yours. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Aren't you glad for our young people? Amen. Well, as they're making their way off the stage, I'm going to introduce the next part of our program. We have a wonderful opportunity today and privilege of seeing two individuals take their commitment or take their stand for Christ and make a commitment to Him in baptism. And I have standing with me Serena and Diane, and both Serena and Diane are going to be being baptized today, and they've got their pastors here ready to conduct the baptism. But it's important for you as the church to hear them give their affirmation of the beliefs of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. So we're going to take a moment here, and I'm going to read the baptismal commitment vows to Serena and Diane and give them an opportunity to uh, say, yes, they have studied these things and they do believe them. And then I'm going to ask you the church who have made this decision for baptism, and you are Seventh-day Adventist Church members, if you would also affirm your own beliefs. Will you do that with me today? All right. Let's look at these 13. Why don't you come a little closer now that we have some room on the stage so that everyone can see you? All right. Serena and Diane. Do you believe there is one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, a unity of three co-eternal persons? Amen. Congregation? Amen. Here, we need to be able to hear you. You can, hold, you can each share that there. Do you accept the death of Jesus Christ on Calvary as the atoning sacrifice for your sins and believe that God, by God's grace through faith in His shed blood, you are saved from sin and its penalty? Yeah. Amen. Congregation? Yeah. Amen. Number three, do you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, believing that God in Christ has forgiven your sins and given you a new heart, and do you renounce the sinful ways of the world? Yes. Amen. Congregation? Amen. Number four, do you accept by faith the righteousness of Christ 
your intercessor in the heavenly sanctuary and accept his promise of transforming grace and power to live a loving, Christ-centered life in your home and before the world. Amen. Congregation, amen. Number five, do you believe that the Bible is God's inspired word, the only rule of faith and practice for the Christian? And do you covenant to spend time regularly in prayer and Bible study? Amen. Congregation? Amen. You know what that means? Revival. Right? Because you all just agreed to spend time regularly in prayer and Bible study always results in revival. Do you accept the Ten Commandments as a transcript of the character of God and a revelation of His will? And is it your purpose by the power of the indwelling Christ to keep this law, including the Fourth Commandment, which requires the observance of the seventh day of the week as the Sabbath of the Lord and the memorial of creation. Amen. Congregation? Amen. Amen. Do you look forward to the soon coming of Jesus and the blessed hope when this mortal shall put on immortality? And as you prepare to meet the Lord, will you witness to his loving salvation by using your talents in personal soul-winning endeavor to help others to be ready for his glorious appearing? Yes. Amen. Congregation, personal soul-winning endeavor? Amen. Amen. That's good. (laughs) Do you accept the biblical teaching of spiritual gifts and believe that the gift of prophecy is one of the identifying marks of the remnant church of Revelation 12, 17? Amen. Congregation? Amen. Amen. Number nine, do you believe in church organization and is it your purpose to worship God and to support the church through your tithes and offerings and by your personal effort and influence. Amen. Congregation? All right. The 350,000 is coming in. Number 10, do you believe that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and will you honor God by caring for it, avoiding the use of that which is harmful and abstaining from all unclean foods, from the use, manufacture, or sale of alcoholic beverages, from the use, manufacture, or sale of tobacco in any of its forms for human consumption, and from the misuse of or trafficking in narcotics or other drugs. Amen. Congregation? Amen. Amen. Do you know and understand the fundamental Bible principles as taught by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, and do you purpose by the grace of God to fulfill His will by ordering your life in harmony with these principles? Amen. That covers the rest of the 28 fundamentals that are not included in the 13. You follow that? What do you say? Amen. Number 12, do you accept the New Testament teaching of baptism by immersion and desire to be so baptized as a public expression of faith in Christ and his forgiveness of your sins? Amen. Can you say amen, church? And lastly, do you accept and believe? that the Seventh-day Adventist Church is the remnant church of Bible prophecy and that people of every nation, race, and language are invited and accepted into its fellowship and do you desire to become a member of a local congregation of this world church? Amen. What do you say? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. They will have the official vote uh, with their local congregations after having been baptized, but today we will get to enjoy them being buried in the watery grave of baptism. I was baptized uh, December 31st of 1999 because I wanted a new start with a new millennium and that seemed like a good time to do it. 
let's back up a bit. Um, I started dating my husband, and he was a Seventh-day Adventist, and he shared with me some of his beliefs, and I was very skeptical. Um, I was raised in a religion that was similar to Catholicism, so the beliefs were completely different. As a matter of fact, some of them I said, you're crazy, that's not, that's not truth. Well, we started to study with our um, former pastor, and eventually he brought me to truth, and I was baptized. Um, I don't, I wouldn't say I've won many souls, um, I try and witness where I can in my work and my friends, but um, I have not done a lot of study with other people. I uh, came home from work one day and there was a message on my answer machine and um, our pastor said he had a wonderful opportunity for me. And I was a little skeptical, but I called him back and he was um, interested in having me meet with a lady and do a study with her. Um, of course, I was terrified. You know, I'd never done a one-on-one -on -one Bible study in a group Bible study, but never one-on-one -on -one before. And so I met a um, wonderful lady named Corky, and we've been studying for um, well over a year now. And um, not only has it been a good study, but we've um, built a personal relationship too, which I think is important. My name is Coral Benny, and I go by Corky. It was a nickname that was given to me by my parents, and I'll respond to Corky better than I will Coral. So when my son got into the Seventh-day Advent Church, he asked me to come along. So I did, and it was very interesting to me because they were actually showing you in the Bible where everything was. And that, at that point, I thought, okay, this is kind of what I'm looking for. Um, Kelly was my um, Bible study partner. And she taught me stuff that was in the Bible and what certain things meant. The series that Corky and I did was called uh, Prophecy of Hope. It um, is very um, laid out, very clear. It was not hard to follow at all. And there is a series of um, Bible studies that go along with it that gives you extra information that helps kind of guide you. So it was it was relatively easy. It wasn't hard to understand. Um, if I was confused on some of that questions, I was able to go to the pastor or... Um, or my husband and have him clarify things before I share it with Corky. So it was it was not hard to do at all. The, the prophecies and everything, you know, nobody ever talks about that kind of thing with Daniel and Revelations and you know, they don't they don't even come across it. It's like they don't know how to explain it. Well in the Seventh day Advent they do explain it and they explain it extensively so you do understand and it's simple language it's not hard to understand the sabbath was new to me because we've always gone to church on sunday it was just a thing nobody ever explained it why or anything it was just sunday was church day and then coming to the seventh day advent it's on a Saturday, then we learn why, you know, because that's the day that we rest in the Lord, because He sanctified that day for us with Him. Well, with the dead, I thought, you know, they go to heaven or hell, either one, and that's the way it was. I didn't know that they didn't until the end, when Jesus comes back, I always thought they were looking at you and watching over you and, and things like that. I was never explained that they are just dead. I always thought that, say like my grandmother, you know, I always think that she's up there and she's looking down on me and watching what I'm doing. But now I know that she's not, she's just asleep 
and I will probably see her later. <laughs> My diet changed with as far as eating the pork, because I no longer eat pork. And I kind of get a hassle about it from my husband, but it's my decision, and that's why I told him. I said, I decided not to, and I'm not going to. I enjoyed my time with Kelly. kind of miss it a little bit, because <laughs> it gave me time to, to study and to learn and to know more about my Bible. Okay, if you've never done a Bible study before, it's... Um it's a blessing. It's it's nerve-wracking. It's scary at first, but once you get into it and you just um, form relationships with people and you let them know you don't have all the answers and if um, they're confused about something, they can you can study with them and it's 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 not as scary as what you think it would be. I feel comfortable. I feel like this is where I belong. I feel very confident in my decision. This is what I want to do. This is. I can feel closer to Jesus and not, you know, drift away because I know I'm here and this is where I want to be. On March 25, a few minutes after that video was shown, we had the privilege and joy of welcoming Corky Benny as a member of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And we have a guest with us here today, um, not a guest, a family member of our church family, Kelly, from that video right here. You studied with Corky for how long? Um, it was a little over a year, about a year and a half. Was it an, a very arduous, difficult process, or was it enjoyable? Did you have fun with it? Um, I really enjoyed it. She was very um, enthusiastic about learning, very dedicated. She never called and canceled and said, I can't come. Um, just very dedicated in doing her studies. But the reason you did this is because you have been giving Bible studies one-on-one -on -one for years before this. Is that true? Um, no. <laughs> no. This, in fact, was your very... This was my very first one-on-one -on -one Bible study with somebody. <laughs> and at the end of that, you got to watch this whole process, and you were there for Corky's baptism. Yes. It was amazing to watch that. But now that she's been baptized... You feel you've gone into retirement now, you've won your one, and now you're all done? Is that how it works? Oh, no. <laughs> um, I've asked several other people um, for Bible studies. Uh, in fact, a co-worker I have asked, um, and she has agreed to study with me. Um, it's, it's not as hard as you would think it is. You just, you know, just close your eyes and pray, and um, it's, it's, it's a real blessing, and it's nice to see people come to Christ. Amen. So you've got new Bible studies on the horizon. Correct. And Kelly, uh, Corky mentioned how she doesn't want to lose that time with you. Are you. Is it, do you just drop her off now and just, here's your pew, see you later, or what happens now? No, it's definitely a mentoring process. Um, uh, over the years, I've seen other people baptized. A lot of times they get baptized, and then they go out the back door because they haven't formed those relationships. And um, so we're going through the Discipleship Handbook, which is kind of a mentoring book, and it um, introduces them to Sabbath school and um, prayer meeting and how to, how to do a Bible study themselves. Amen. So you help Corky get to the baptismal process. You're continuing with her and looking for other people to study with even now. Correct. Would you encourage others to do the same? Please, just ask. Amen. They, somebody will say yes. Somebody is searching. Amen. Thank you, Kelly. Well, it's a privilege to be here today with Serena and the decision that she's making to surrender her life to the Lord. We can proceed with the baptism. 
We'd like Serena to share a little bit of the journey of why she's making this commitment today and why are you choosing to surrender your life to the Lord in baptism, Serena? Well, uh, if you asked me a year ago and any time before that, I would have never thought I was going to be baptized, let alone here at Gua. So I'm just so thankful, and it's just the Lord has led so well in my life. He just puts specific people in your life, even if it's not taking you to church every week or just something like that. There's small things that they do in your life your whole life. So I just want to encourage you guys, be that person that's just there for someone their whole life, even if you're not there every day, because it makes a big influence. You know, Serena's story is one that really inspires me. It shows that it takes a whole church to bring someone to the Lord. Serena's family was introduced to the Adventist message by the Big Brother Big Sister program. There was an Adventist lady who adopted Serena's older sister and started mentoring her and working with her. And before long, she got to know Serena as well and started sponsoring Serena to go to summer camp at Camp Ensemble. Well, after several years of that, that same lady offered to help sponsor Serena to come to Great Lakes Adventist Academy. And the first Friday night that I spoke for Vespers, Serena came forward for an appeal for baptism. And over the last nine months, we've been studying together relentlessly. Serena would never let me forget a Bible study. She wanted to make sure she could know everything there was to know because she wanted to know if she's making this decision, she wanted to know why she's making it and for it to be impactful in her life. You know, there's a quote that comes to mind when I think of Serena, it talks about, no sooner is one converted than there is born within him a desire to share with others what a precious friend he has found in Jesus. Immediately as Serena and I started studying, she started praying for her family. We started praying for the people that we were going into the community with and her as a non-baptized member was giving Bible studies to this community person. She started praying that her family would be baptized, and by God's grace, Serena's mother has made the decision to be baptized as well and is studying towards that today. And Serena, because of your love for the Lord Jesus and your desire to serve him, it's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father who loves you so much, in the name of Jesus who gave himself for you, in the name of the Holy Spirit who promises to be your comforter and your God. Amen. Just join me in singing Marching to Zion. Marching to Zion. Come we that love the Lord and let our joys be known. Join in a song with sweet accord. Join in a song with sweet accord. And thus around the throne, and thus surround the throne. We're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion, that beautiful city of God. Hello, I'm Tom Majeur with Strong Tower Radio. And you know our LEs, where's our LEs? Are they over here, do we see their hands? The LEs, they did not tell you one thing. This summer, they are passing out 20,000 of Strong Tower Radio bookmarks and the books that they sell. On the back side is a, a BibleStudyOffer.com offer. And I know it's already working. The reason is, within literally hours of the first one passed out, 
in Grand Rapids, I got a call at Strong Tower Radio. Amen? And then uh, the next day, I got another call from Lansing. So the, the, what a blessing. The last thing I want to say about these cards is I noticed a discrepancy. We gave them 20,000 bookmarks, and they're going to sell 70,000 books. We got a problem here. Last night uh, during the Soul Winning Grow um, Spotlight, Grow Mission Spotlight, we had the Yates up here. And the Yates, um, they typified uh, two different types of class. I don't know if you remember that not or not. Mark was one who the message of the radio basically brought him into the church. Mary listened to that message, but it was the relationship of the local church that, that brought her in. We're going to have another story here. This is a very blessing. I have two wonderful people here on the platform with me. I have the very first known, hear that word, known baptism from Grand Rapids. Amen? The first Grand Rapids Strong Tower Radio baptism. You realize last year at camp meeting, we were raising the money for her. Amen? Amen? We were praying for her one year ago, and here she is. Amen. What I want to share with you is this. It was a tank team effort between Strong Tower Radio and the local church, and that is always the truth. And so I want to ask uh, Selma a question. Did you, how did you find Strong Tower Radio? I picked up a non-Adventist friend of mine, and she told me about it. She'd been listening to this new radio station. She told me the number. So I looked it up. Amen. Now, so did you hear that? She didn't find the radio station. Her friend found the radio station. This story is actually about four people in Strong Tower Radio. She, her friend, told her about Strong Tower Radio, and you tuned in. And how many hours did you listen to before you called Strong Tower Radio? <laughs> Not very many. I don't know. <laughs> I have been told it was about two minutes. And what happened is on that particular program that precipitated her calling the radio station, she caught two minutes of a program on charcoal remedies. And she had to hear the rest of the story. So Selma calls the radio station. She talks to our receptionist, Sandy, and Sandy knew that Selma had more questions and she needed to talk to George Corliss. So she handed the phone over to George Corliss. George Corliss gave a call to her and uh, talked with her. And uh, at near the end of the conversation, she he asked, what is your spiritual background? And what did you say? I said I was a very backslidden Adventist. <laughs> Strong Tower Radio is for new believers and for bringing back our believers. Amen? And so... George talked to you, and George said, I have two friends in Grand Rapids. Now, he was understating that because George has many friends in Grand Rapids. But uh, he said uh, two people, and one of them was Pastor uh, Stewart. And Pastor Stewart passed the call over to Mrs. Stewart, which is Sandy Stewart. And uh, Sandy, how did you become involved in this? It didn't take long. I have been praying for about a year and a half now that God would bring his people home. 
We all have, most of us have um, children that have been raised in this church, that have left this church. I have been praying that God would bring them home. I have been praying also that we have known people that have been baptized into this church, that have left this church, that God would bring those people home. And you know what? We're seeing that happen. And it was such a kindness of God to give me Selma that I could find out that she was one that I've been praying for. Amen. Brothers and sisters, prayer is powerful. If you cannot get out, pray, because some of us can get out and do that work. You know, the truth of the matter is there are hundreds of people out there, and they're going to be connecting through the radio, and they need a Sandy Stewart at the other end. They need somebody to guide them to the baptismal tank just like uh, it happened in Kalamazoo. And I just want to encourage you that we need you to be part of the, the uh, harvesting, and we need you to be part of the preserving. Right now, we have 40% of the state of Michigan is covered by Strong Tower Radio and our sister stations uh, across in low power, in going in Battle Creek and, and, and Niles and, uh, of course, uh, uh, Berrien Springs and Albion, just a whole bunch of other places. So this is not only Strong Tower, it's all of our radio networks. Starting next month, we're going to double, or I'm going to increase by 50%, 150%. We're starting in Detroit. It's time to go to Detroit with radio, amen? Full-time, 24-7 radio to, Grand, to Detroit. We need your help. Metro Church, the last Sabbath of July. See you there. God bless. Let's tag team between the church and the media. Amen. I have the privilege today of being able to have this special time with you, Diane, to be able to participate with you as you make this decision and this stand for Jesus. How many of you here believe, as Tom just said, in the power of prayer? Amen? How about the power of public evangelism? How about the power of personal evangelism? The three Ps to soul winning, amen? And I was talking with Diane's daughter a little bit ago, and she said, I've been praying for over 20 years for this day to come. And I understand. I prayed for my mom about that amount of time, too, before this day came for her. So I understand how that feels. And Diane, you, you were also the product of some personal evangelism because there was somebody that spent some time with you doing personal Bible studies. Would you like to share about that a little bit? Uh, yes. Uh, I went to church with my daughter after she moved here from, moved to the Mount Pleasant Church. And the first day that we were there, Debbie Bloster came up and asked if I would be interested in Bible studies. And I said yes, because it's something I'd really wanted to do for a long time. And with Debbie's Bible studies and your unlocked revelations, Amen. it really taught me a lot. So I knew this was a church for me. Praise so. God. And we've, we've heard you make your vows to Jesus. You know, as Pastor Jim read the 13 vows, I always like to tell people we're not making vows to other individuals. We're not making vows even to a church, but we're making vows to Jesus right. because this church belongs to him. And we are all part of the body of Christ together. And so, Diane, I am so excited. I know this is a day that we've long waited for. We've looked at the calendar to decide when would be the best yeah. time. <laughs> Diane was a little bit nervous about trying to walk down steps to get into a baptistry. And, 
and the Lord impressed my heart to say, Diane, what would you think about sharing your testimony with all of our brothers and sisters at camp meeting? And she said, I would love to do that. And so we praise God that you're willing to share with us today. And we got in the baptistry with no problem. God is good. Amen? <laughs> yeah. And so, Diane, because of your commitment to Jesus, because as you studied his word and the Holy Spirit came upon your heart, you were willing to say, Lord, wherever you lead, I'm going to follow. And he's right. led you here today. You've yes. made this decision for him. This is not the final step. This is the first step for the rest of your life now, saying, I'm dying to the old self. I'm going to walk in the newness of life. And because of your commitment, commitment to Jesus, it's my honor and privilege as a minister in the Seventh-day Adventist Church, a gospel minister, to baptize you now in the name of the Father, His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Sing, Shall We Gather at the River. Shall we gather at the river where bright angels' feet have trod with its crystal tide forever flowing by the throne of God? Yes, we'll gather at the river, the beautiful, the beautiful river, Gather with the saints at the river that flows by the throne of God. This past year, the Lord blessed when the Washak Church hosted uh, Unlock Revelation. We had many stories and several baptisms. And I just wanted to share one special one today with you. Uh, one of our leaders, Melody Wallace, has been active in mentoring uh, some of our new members, and I want her to pick up this interview at this time. We are going to be interviewing Alice and Walter Swan from Dwajak, Michigan. And as you hear their story, you will notice that several Seventh-day Adventist churches have been involved in impacting their lives for Christ. Alice, your first association with the Seventh-day Adventist Church came when your mother became a Seventh-day Adventist. And then your second time was when your mother was in a nursing home and you got a particular phone call from somebody. Could you tell us about that, please? Uh, yes, it was her chaplain, actually. Um, he was a Seventh-day Adventist, and he was checking on her, and he called me to ask me if he could help me with anything with her. Um, and he was so compassionate, um, not only toward her, but for me. Um, he talked to me a long time, and he um, asked me many questions and gave me a lot of answers to some things that I'd have to be dealing with as you know she got older and she was on hospice so she was you know she was dying of dementia and as Walter would go and see her in the nursing home he got acquainted with um, this chaplain too from Berrien Springs and what ended up happening from that uh, Walter got acquainted with the chaplain and he told him he was having some Bible studies at his house on the Sabbath and mm -hmm. on a Monday night and Walter went to several of the Bible studies, and then he invited me to go to the Bible studies. And I was just in awe because he was teaching out of the book of Genesis. 
and he said that if you didn't understand the book of Genesis, then you didn't understand the Bible. You had to get the concept of God from Genesis so that you could carry it throughout the Bible because it's an unfolding story. Amen. Mm -hmm. And Walter, tell us just a second about your experience at the Bible study and then what happened at the Eclair Seventh-day Adventist Church. Well, the Bible study was really enlightening to me. And I learned so many things about and studying the Bible and each and every day. And also at the Seventh-day Adventist Church in Eau Claire, we had, had gone there for a uh, seminar with uh, financial, financial prophecy. And there, during that time, I had a uh, heart condition. And I had five bypasses done. And they were so appreciative to me being there. They visited me in the hospital, prayed for me, and supported me and my wife there at that time. And we just loved the way they did things. We had never been treated that way before in any other congregation that I've ever attended. Amen. Alice, something happened that you changed part of your house. What was that about? Well, I saw this movie about a prayer room, and I never really felt comfortable praying. But one of the things that I learned was that I could write out my prayers. And it was something that I needed to do to have a personal relationship with God. So I set that up, and every morning when I go in the prayer room, I can pray, and I, feel, I felt a presence with God in the prayer room one morning. And it was something that it was totally undescribable, and I can't describe it. But it was such a peace that came over me, and I knew that God was meeting me there. And it gave me encouragement to keep doing it every day. So there hasn't been a day since that I don't go in that prayer room. I mean, I stay as long, but I go in there every day, and I meet with God, and I pray, and read my Bible. And it's definitely just like a breath of fresh air for me every day. Amen. And so during this time, as she's changing her life and adding prayer, her friend Alice is coming to an Unlock Revelation seminar, and she keeps telling um, Sandy, I mean, Sandy is the friend, keeps telling Alex about it, and then we start follow-up meetings, and Sandy says to Alice. Well, Sandy was a friend of mine. We both had went to this non-denominational church that we weren't getting anything out of. And she started coming to uh, some Revelation seminars, mm -hmm. and she invited me. And that's when I started learning uh, about all the bad doctrines I had learned about burning in hell, about the second, um, the secret rapture and, and the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. um, those were lies that I had been told. And I learned the truth of them. I learned the scriptures and um, it was like, it's like an unfolding for me. Amen. And so at first, Walter wasn't attending with her, and then some events happened. We, share, we showed Shadow Empire from the Voice of Prophecy, and then Pioneer Memorial Church did an internet series called Hope Trending, and we also started showing some hospitality to Walter and Alice together. And so, Walter, what impacted you as you started attending some of those events? What impacted me about the panel? that was there and the young people that testified and, and, and brought out the scriptures that were true and that really enlightened me and I decided, I told Alice, I think we need to join the Seventh-day Adventist Church. 
and we did and was baptized. Amen. And so we're just really thankful. They're members of our church now. They have been doing Landmarks of Prophecy, leading out in a group Bible study with that. Walter has taken some of his non-denominational friends that are Christians and leading out in a Bible study on that on Monday morning. So they are actively sharing the Bible truths that they have recently learned. And we're so glad they're part of our church. And they'll be around if you wanted to hear more of their exciting story. Happy Sabbath. Aren't these wonderful testimonies? We have another. I'd like to introduce Kathleen and Justin Slade. Just about a year ago, Kathleen showed up at the Hillsdale Seventh-day Adventist Church. She just visited. She was a member of a congregational church attending five different churches. <laughs> she told us she had studied on her own, discovered the Sabbath, and how did you find us? Well, I actually searched online, and it almost seemed hopeless for a while there, but then Hillsdale SDA showed up on the internet, so I thought I should try it out, and it was interesting because it actually turned out to be at a place that didn't really look like a church, but I still was glad I found it. Yes, we're renting, we've sold our church, we're in the process of rebuilding a new church. Now, we started studies, you were baptized last fall. Yes. Your daughter, your oldest daughter, she started studies. Yes. She was baptized. Justin, this now Kathleen was bringing five little kids to church all by herself. God is good. And Justin, you were noticing changes. What, what changes were you noticing? Uh, they were happy. They were so happy it was annoying me. Um, you see, at the time, I would literally have considered myself a minister for Satan. I told everyone that I could get to listen that the Bible was a farce. It was no different than a textbook they give you in high school meant to teach people a set of moral standards. You could get the same thing from Aesop's fables. That was the way I felt about Christianity, and I was, frankly, irritated, angry, annoyed with my family that they were going to church and that they were so darn happy. <laughs> that love, that happiness wore you down, didn't it? I mean, the Holy Spirit was working on your heart. You started studies. You started studies with your wife. I reviewed and you were baptized. Do you still feel the same today? Absolutely not. It's the best decision that I ever made. Amen. <laughs> Kathleen, what did you find in our church that attracted you to it? Well, um, I'd have to say the family environment. Um, every church, and like Pastor said, I was going through five different churches trying to find the truth. And I finally found a church that had the truth, and not only had the truth, but accepted me for who I was, 
just as I am. And it was a wonderful feeling being loved. And um, now we're, we still have some goals we've been working through the discipleship book. But we have some other goals. Five of your kids are school age, and our sister church at Pittsburgh has a church school with an absolute wonderful teacher. We're hoping, by God's grace, working out finances. Where do you want those kids? We want them at Pittsburgh SDA. Amen. Don't you love Adventist education? Amen. So, how many of you will keep them in your prayers that the rest, well, the school-aged children will be there? Thank you. Happy Sabbath, saints. How are you today? Hey, listen, I want to tell you a little bit about what we did this week with the Emanuel Institute. Now, just so you understand, in case you didn't, the Emanuel Institute is the Michigan Conference's lay training school. And uh, we no longer do four-month training programs. I keep pe having people ask that. We have, in the last several years, focused our training. Our longest training session is two weeks. Our goal is to get our local churches active in soul winning. We did a session here at camp meeting this year, and what you're seeing here are those who participated in our Bible boot camp this week with our focus of trying to get them engaged in personal Bible studies. Now, everybody here that you see came and said, we want to get active in giving Bible studies in our local church. What do you say? Amen to that, okay? So now I've asked a few of them just to share a little bit of that experience and our challenge to have them just ask. I want to start with Kyler over here on my right. That is not Tyler with a T, it's Kyler with a K, just so you're clear on that. Now, Kyler, you, you're, you're new to the Adventist faith, right? Uh, no, actually, um, that's, uh, I grew up in the Adventist faith. Uh, my, uh, my dad was a pastor for about 30 years. Um, but around the age of 16, uh, I walked away from the church. And um, I, uh, I recently came back about nine months ago. So. Okay, so, so you've been in the Adventist faith. You've grown up. Your dad's been a pastor in the Adventist faith. Why in the world are you coming? To, you know this stuff. You've got this stuff down cold, right? Why are you coming to a Bible boot camp? That's actually a misconception that a lot of people have is that they think that when somebody uh, grows up in the Adventist faith, they know everything. But uh, that's, that's not the truth. Even growing up as a pastor's kid, there were still things that I had no idea about. You know, the 2300-day prophecy, I, I, I knew of it, but I didn't know the details behind it. There's a difference between somebody telling you about it and then learning the intricate, tiny little puzzle pieces of details behind all of it. So you've so. got to kind of come to a point where you own it yourself, right? Yes, absolutely. So, so what was your experience like this week then? You know, this, uh, this week has been an absolute blessing uh, with uh, Jim, Pastor Jim, and uh, Pastor um, uh, his Mark brother. and Cameron, Mark, yes, and we had Daniel yes. Jean-Francois there helping us out. <laughs> so many names, right? Um, we try to keep him confused. <laughs> he told me to say that. No, I'm just joking. Um, you know, this, uh, this week has been a real blessing because I, uh, I engaged in Bible studies with my pastor um, in Buchanan, and uh, learning everything about that... Um, was such a blessing learning about it, 
But then, like I said, learning about all the details behind it is something that you can use not only to enhance your faith, but to share your faith with other people. Okay, so. now we talk about sharing your faith with other people. You were challenged to do something this week. Tell us about that. <laughs> so they shared with us uh, Pastor Tony's surefire method of getting a Bible study, and, and they made an appeal of, of people who would use this method that evening. So, uh, and the method was basically, in short, asking somebody, saying, hey, I'm involved in a program, and I, in order for me to complete it successfully, I need to give a Bible study, and I'm a little nervous about it. Would you help me out and let me study the Bible with you? Absolutely. And, and you thought that was a great idea, right? I did. So I raised my hand, high and proud, and uh, I, I went back to the trailer that evening, and a couple names ran through my mind. Did you think it was going to work? Oh, no, I didn't think it was going to work. <laughs> I thought, oh, no, this can't work. So a couple, my, a couple names were running through my mind, and uh, I said, Lord, well, no, that's, that's not the right person. And this name uh, of a best friend of mine who I actually grew up in the church with, and he walked away as well, uh, the Lord was pressing his name upon, upon my heart, and uh, I said, Lord, he's going to say no. Like, I know, I know him. He's going to say no. But he's like, no, Kyler? Go ahead and ask him. I was like, uh, I don't know, Lord. You know that time when you're like, um, you think you know better than God? That's a mistake. So I texted him about midnight, and I asked him, I said, hey, so I'm part of this evangelistic series, and uh, just as Pastor Howard shared, and uh, he said yes, you know, so, yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, and, and, and Kyler shared that he's just been back in this for about eight months, okay? So what excuse do the rest of us have? Right? And he just, what did you do? You just asked, right? I just asked. And he's got a Bible study. Now, I want to go over here to Derek and Alexis. Now, Derek, I understand that you grew up in the Adventist faith. Yes, I did grow up in the Adventist faith. And, and just like you, Alexis, right? No, I grew up Catholic. <laughs> okay. So, Alexis grew up in the Catholic faith, but you guys have been Adventist now for a while, right? No, we actually just got baptized May 20th. May, May 20th, 2016. No, no, 2017. <laughs> Okay, so May 20, just coming. They're on the heels of their baptism, folks. So tell me about your experience this week. Why did you come to the Emmanuel class? Well, when we first got to camp meeting, we had printed out the schedule. We had our highlighters, our pens out, looking at all the different classes, picking what we were to do here, there, whatever. And all of a sudden, I just stopped and looked at her and said, Babe, isn't God telling us just to go to Emmanuel? She said, Yeah. And at the time, I didn't even know what it was. I had heard people talking about it, but I had other people asking me, so are you going to be a part-time soul winner or a full-time soul winner? I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just going to the Emmanuel class. <laughs> We're all full-time soul winners, amen? amen? Okay, so you also received that challenge this week to just ask. Yes, we so did. And as soon as Jim was talking to us about it, um, a name was immediately in my head from the Holy Spirit. So I knew he was going to say yes already. I just had to call him. And when I called him, he said, yes, I would definitely love to. And he told his wife, would you like to also? And she's like, yeah, give me the phone. Let me talk to him. So <laughs> she starts talking to me. She's like, yeah, I'd love to know more about what the Bible says. You know, I go to the Catholic church, and the preacher gets up there, and he goes, rah, 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 rah. And then when I'm done, I don't know what he says. And I'd like to know where he finds the stuff he's talking about. All right. Now, you asked. We don't, you know, usually a person, we have them ask one person, and they get one study. He asked one person, gets two studies. Amen. Now, that wasn't all of it, because you asked somebody, too, Alexis, yes, right? Yes, I did. I asked my dear friend um, that I've known for a long time, who actually came to a Revelation seminar with me. Um, and so God has really been working in both of our lives, and I was so thankful that she agreed and said yes. 
Okay, so you asked a friend, and you had gone, she'd gone actually to unlock Revelation sometime back before you were baptized, and this friend went to some of those meetings, and now she's got a Bible study with that friend, and guess what? We have another Unlock Revelation coming up. Isn't that fantastic? So praise the Lord. Now, I want to pass right on. In fact, if you want to shift places here, and I'm going to invite Anna and Kim Ahern up. Now, they weren't here this week. In fact, Anna came to our summer discipleship program last summer, and then last fall, we did an on-location training in Lansing, and her mother Kim came to that training. And I want you two to tell everybody what kind of, what the Lord did with the two of you after that experience. I guess I'll go first. We had um, a little bit different experience. Um, my daughter went to the one in the summer, and she had um, a revival and reformation experience. She... really came back to the Lord, and she came back so excited, and then I had been um, become personal ministries um, person at our church, our little church in Brighton, and um, really didn't know what to do, and she really encouraged me. I really wanted to go, so I went, and when we came back from that, we both were convicted. We really need to bring this to our church, and um, so we went to work, and we, uh, Lord, we don't know what we're doing. You have to help us. And so, of course, he did. And so, Anna, do you want to tell him what we did? Well, we figured Emmanuel's great. And I would encourage anyone, if you haven't gone to Emmanuel before, but you've been praying about it, really just sign up and do it. it what was a great idea. Most... <laughs> and he was bugging me for years to do this, but I wasn't ready. And so when I finally went, it was... Really, it was a revival within my own life. But when I got home and we had talked about it, I realized, you know, not everyone can take two weeks off of work to go to Emmanuel. But we wanted to share this with our local church because we saw how easy it was, how simple it was, and really the truth of the fact that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Amen. And we had a church full of laborers who just needed a little push. And so we went on the Grow Michigan website, which you guys all have the same access to. And under the Cultivate, Lo Cultivate link, there is a bunch of videos that Pastor Mark and then also Pastor Cameron did about how to ask for Bible studies, how to lead a Bible study, how to deal with objections, how to move people from even convictions to decisions. And they're very straightforward, very simple, and also very concise. So we decided we're going to just do our own mini Emmanuel training at our church using those videos. So every Sabbath after service, everyone brought a lunch. We had a quick, we would watch a video, talk about it together, and then leave with a challenge of, okay, now how are we going to implement this this week? So as we kept going, and it went on for a while. It was about six or seven classes just every Sabbath, and part of it was, wow, Lord, we, you need to help us prepare ourselves and our membership for Bible study offers. That was coming, too, and we needed them to be able to feel confident to go out and answer these calls as well. So we have just about 30 regular attending members we had 20 consistently on average show up for our workshops. And we call them workshops because people are afraid of trainings. So we said, well, let's just call it a workshop. 
and it seemed to work. So, um, so they came, and we had prior to this a handful of Bible studies going on in our church. And after this, we have 35 Bible studies currently going on, and two-thirds of them were just asked one-third from Bible study offers. So we're just praising the Lord that he is faithful and we are looking forward to a harvest. Amen. So listen, folks, I mean, we exist to help train uh, our church members. Our next program starts August 30. It's a two-month program, sorry, July 30 to August 12. But as the young lady stated, not everybody can come to an Emmanuel program, but listen to me, everybody can just ask. And I'm hoping that what you're seeing up here from these people is just communicating that you can do this too. And the Lord Jesus is going to win a soul through you this year. How many want to say amen to that? Amen. My understanding is that at this time, Pastor Jim Howard, we have a closing hymn, a hymn of response. And Pastor Tom Hubbard is going to lead that out. Yeah, we're going to sing hymn number 620. On Jordan's stormy banks. Why don't we stand together as we sing? Let's praise the Lord for what He has done and what He is doing. Amen. On Jordan's stormy banks, I stand and Cast a wishful eye to Canaan's fair and happy land where my possessions lie. I am bound for the promised land. I am bound for the promised land. Oh, who will come and go with me? I am bound for the promised land. For all those wide extended plains shines one eternal day. There Christ the sun forever reigns and scatters night Bound for the promised land. 
I'd like to call our pastors and the uh, baptismal candidates to come a little bit closer. And uh, the pastors have a special gift they'd like to give each of you. And, uh, you know, after baptism, it's vitally important that we spend just as much time in discipleship as we did in preparation. And so each of you are going to receive a discipleship handbook, and uh, soon we'll have the opportunity of meeting with a mentor to go through that, and a Conflict of the Ages series, uh, which contains the books that you'll need for the Bible and Spirit of Prophecy reading plan in the back of that handbook. So this belongs to Serena and Diane. And now uh, Elder Mitchiff is going to join us here and offer prayer for our baptismal candidates who are now baptismal people. (laughs) They're our newest, you know, still wet-haired, not quite members, but about to be at their next local congregation vote, people. And we're going to ask Elder Mitchell to come up, have prayer for them, and also prayer to dismiss our meeting this afternoon. Before I have prayer, i got a question for you. How many of you believe that the Lord is coming soon? Amen. That was an easy one. Now the question is, what are you going to do about it? How many of you here would like to win one soul to Christ this year? Ten would be wonderful, but I'm starting with one. Raise the hands up. Don't don't be bashful. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we sense that you're coming soon. But we also sense that there's a lot of work to be done before you can come. We want to respond by dedicating our life to you, allowing you to have your way in us so that we will be a living sermon, not with a finger in the face, but radiating your love, for your love is what draws people. Lord, I want to also ask that you would give us a holy boldness Not arrogant, not obnoxious, but a loving boldness that would overcome the fear in our hearts from reaching out and wanting to help someone else know more about you. Lord, I also want to lift up Serena and Diane as they have publicly stepped out of the crowd and run into your arms and they said they don't want to be ever like they were before, but constantly connected with you. In order for that to happen, Father, we must ask and you must give the Holy Spirit. So we ask that you would fill them in a powerful way for their own walk with you, but then, Father, also that they might be an instrument in your hands to draw others. So I pray your blessing upon them as they go from this day forward. And Father, next year, if you should tarry, I pray that at camp meeting next year, every single person that raised their hand will have led one more person to you. Lord, you're not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. So Father, as we have lifted up our hands and we've asked you, we know that you're more willing to answer that gift than we are to receive it. But I want to pray, Father, that you would give us 
one soul, at least one soul, and then give us a taste for more so that we would have that same desire that Desmond Doss had. Lord, help me to make, save one more, just one more. So, Father, we ask this in the name of Jesus that we might honor and glorify him. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.